as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. The boys are back in town. Boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. It's been two weeks. A short two-week hiatus, but the boys are back. It is the Top Pair Podcast. I am your host. It is Eric Weinstein with me. After a week in sunny Florida, it is Nick Maxwell. Nick, what is going on? Eric, your voice sounds like the combination of Fergie and Jesus. It's bad. You can just say what it is. It's bad. But I appreciate it. I appreciate you always supporting me. Um, that is the reason why you haven't heard from us in quite a while. Nick was on vacation. I was getting my COVID vaccine. Um, I was you know, I was doing stuff. I, I, have, I have a life too, you know, so I wasn't around either. Um, but before we get started, because it's been two weeks, you got to know where you can find us. So we're going to go through the housekeeping. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, mm-hmm. Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, and Audio Boom. You can find us on the homepage of the A1 Sports Network. It's a1sportsnetwork.com. Um, you can find them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at A1 Sports Network. The podcast at Top Pair underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram. Me at Eric Weinstein, two C's, two N's on Twitter and Instagram. Nick. Yep, you can find me on Twitter at mmaxwell01 or on Instagram at Nick J. Maxwell. Glorious, glorious. Okay, so last time we talked, uh, the trade deadline has just happened, which it seems like it's it, the fact that it's only been two weeks since the trade deadline, it feels like three months already. Um, teams are gearing up for the Stanley Cup playoffs. I posted on the Instagram story of the Top Pair podcast the teams that have already clinched. So I'm just going to give you a recap of that. We have three teams in the Central that have clinched. We have the Carolina Hurricanes, the Florida Panthers, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. They've clinched the playoff spot. The one, two, three, four seeds are still technically open, but the four seed is whoever it is. They're not going to make it to the three seed. So um, the top three seeds in the West right now are going to be Vegas, Colorado, and Minnesota. The fun and good Minnesota Wild. There's one seed left in the West. Um, the Toronto Maple Leafs are the only team in the North Division who have clinched, and nobody has clinched in the East Division as of yet. So, Nick, I'll throw it to you first. Um, any surprises of who's in the playoffs? I mean, I think I think I tweeted it last night, and I think you tweet, you just said it again. Like the, the good and fun Minnesota Wild. There right? it is. Like, I mean, dude, I was watching that game last night, and I was the one tweeting away. Just. It, it, it was weird, like, watching them play, like, such an up-and-down style. I mean, Kaprizov, to me, was probably a lot of people's Rookie of the Year winner, just has just been an, an absolute bolt of lightning for that squad. And their back end is quietly, possi- and possibly the, one of the best, if not the best, in the NHL. I mean, the way that they're putting, taking some of the minutes away from Suter and giving them around to Brodeen and Spurgeon and guys like that, I think this team, you know, if it can get good goaltending and it can get balanced scoring, it could cause some noise in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, this is a team. I mean, I just pulled up their, you know, their stats. Kirill Kaprizov, 22 goals in a rookie season. Just a bolt of lightning for that team. Kevin Fiala, 17 goals. Maybe a surprise. Joel Erickson Eck with 16 goals. I mean, he's he's blossomed into a good scoring year for him. And then you have some veterans like Matt Zuccarello with 10 goals. Marcus Foligno, 10 goals. You know, Nick Benino has seven. Zach Parise has seven. You know, there's, you know, Jordan Greenway is kind of emerging. He has 24 assists to lead the team. So 
And they're getting, like you said, decent goaltending with Talbot and Kapo Kakinen. Um, so things are looking pretty good for the Minnesota Wild. That, Like you said, also, the decor has been definitely above average to really good. Um, it's just a matter of, are they going to be able to keep this together? Because guess what? It's expansion draft season. We're getting there. So they're in trouble. There's a lot of no movement clauses on that team. So it's going to be interesting to see if they're able to keep this, um, you know, this team together throughout the future, you know, moving forward. Yeah, and they got they got kind of uh, bolted in that last expansion draft. They let go of Alex Tuck, and he's become a huge part of Vegas going forward. And you know, with guys like like you said on that back end, and then even up front, like Joel Erickson Eck and Jordan Greenway are two guys that I think Seattle would love to get their hands on. And I don't really know if they're going to be able to protect both of them or even all their good young players too. Yeah, because when you think about those guys with the no movement clauses, you know, you know, Parise has one. You know, the the gift that keeps on giving the Zach Parise contract. Um, you know, you know. Is there like are we under a decade yet left on that contract? Uh, I'm gonna pull it up for you now because I just want to go over who's got the no move. Um, let me just go to our friends at Cap Friendly. Uh, no movement clause. Zach Parise. No movement clause. Matt Zuccarello. Modified no trade. Marcus Johansson, but he's a free agent. Um, so I don't think that matters. Uh, no movement clause on Jared Spurgeon, who they would protect anyway. No movement clause on Ryan Suter. And a no movement clause on Jonas Brodeen, another guy I think they would protect anyway. So, you know, guys like Matt Dumba, um, guys like, like you said, Erickson Eck, Greenway, guys you don't really want to get rid of. You're not going to be able to protect all these guys. So, you know, hopefully, I mean, I was looking over, they – they have Pittsburgh's first round pick this year from the and their third round pick from the Zucker deal. So maybe they try to make a backdoor deal with Seattle and kind of say, hey, we'll give you this first round pick if you take somebody we don't care about. Like Ian Cole is a is a UFA. Like, hey, we'll give you this pick if you take Ian Cole or something like that. Or Brad Hunt. You know, guys that aren't too too important. Guys you obviously don't want to lose, but guys that aren't, you know, a part of the core. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's a really good point bringing up because I think a lot of those conversations, if they're not happening already, need to start happening soon for a lot of these GMs. And I would assume, you know, if you're Ronnie Francis sitting there, you're either saying I'm going to collect myself a really good team, or I'm going to collect myself a boatload of assets. Yeah, coming and picks coming in for the next couple of years. Yeah, and we're obviously going to go over the expansion draft and guys who we think are going to go. You know, as that gets closer, but. You know who I'm going through the roster. You know who's on Minnesota on their taxi squad? Andrew Hammond, the Hamburglar. I did not know he was still bouncing around the league. He is kicking I it. Thought, I thought he was over in Europe or back in the AHL. That's that's funny. I did not know he was still hanging around the league. Good yeah, for him. he is kicking it on a, a one-year UFA deal. Um, there is zero cap hit, so I don't know what he's making. But um, shout out to the Hamburglar for sticking around the league. Um, Speaking of the league, big, big news in terms of what channel these guys are going to be playing on. Big money, big names. NBC, they've been the home of the NHL, I think, since 2005, I'm pretty sure. They're out. NBC is done with the NHL after this season. It is going to be an exclusive contract, as we already knew with ESPN. But now TNT is getting in on the fun. So TNT drama, I think, is like the whatever, like the technical term for it, whatever it is. But TNT is going to be taking over 
for NBC as the number two um, for the NHL. Uh, I saw it was Bob McKenzie who tweeted it, so he's about as reliable a source as there possibly can be. And, Nikki, your thoughts? I mean, there's a lot of... And we've seen what TNT has done with the NBA in terms of their, you know, their exposure, their pre- and post-game stuff. You know, everybody loves the inside the NBA guys with Barkley and Shaq and Ernie Johnson. Like, you can have Ernie Johnson, you know, hosting the show because that guy can do anything. And then you can, you know, you can even, you know, pick some personalities, you know, some funny Hall of Famers. I don't know who off the top of my head. I don't know. But pick some funny guys if you want to get edgy, like a Sean Avery. Do something like that. I mean, hopefully they don't do that. But, you know, there's a lot of exposure potentially for the NHL coming. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't believe the money that they were able to pull from these deals. I did not realize TNT had that type of money to show out for for a new uh, programming contract. Oh, Teddy but Turner? I'm, Teddy Turner? He's, Ted Turner's got guap to spend. All right, I didn't think he would really want to spend that much for bringing in another sports contract, especially with how well the NBA is doing. But I'm super pumped. I mean, honestly, at this point, they could throw out Shaq, Kenny, and you know Charles Barkley, and I wouldn't even care at this point. Um, I I just think that you know, number one, the league's the league's full, the league's good priority was trying to get some of these games back on NHL so that or back on ESPN so they get the NHL in front of a national broadcast audience. Because that was really the last time that the league had a really good pulse to it. And I think they really did a good job of accomplishing that. Not to mention the fact that this new the new amount of money that they're breaking in, I mean, dear Lord, like Yeah, I just, <laughs> I just pulled it up. So this is from the article, it's by Ryan Kennedy from the Hockey News on Sports Illustrated. And I quote The dollar amount on the Turner deal has been reported as two hundred twenty five million dollars per season on a seven year deal with ESPN already paying about $400 million for the same time period, which is obviously great news for a league trying to mitigate the financial losses associated with the pandemic that has affected two seasons already. But more importantly, it feels like a great fit for the NHL. And Ryan Kennedy of the Hockey News, I 150% agree with you. This is perfect for the NHL because of all that money that they lost, you know, and not just them, everybody lost in the pandemic. This is a quick way to recoup on some of those losses. Yeah, and I, and I think it's still important. Now, like, I'm going to be the pessimistic guy here for a second. Sure. Sorry, but it's all right. I, I don't, I don't, still don't think this is going to make the cap go up for another year or it's two. Not. Um, it's, at least, it's not. At least, just until like they get back to their actual projections based on financially where they were supposed to be before the pandemic. But yeah, I mean, this definitely, this definitely mitigates it from lasting until like the five year range, definitely. Um, but again, like we're just talking about like overall growth of the game. I mean, NBC did an okay job with it. Um, I just think they really failed in terms of like identifying good talent on air and also just like they're just not a great marketing marketing channel to me for sports. You know, like really outside of Sunday night or yeah, Sunday night football, like what do they really have? Like, you know, they really, they landed the deal exclusively with the Olympics. I think that's where they put a lot of their eggs in that, in that specific basket. But I think ESPN, you know, hopefully getting guys like Steve Levy and John Butchergrass on the call again. Um, I think this will make it a lot of fun for old and new hockey fans. No, I agree. And I mean, it's just, it's a great way. Everybody always says like, Oh, ESPN never talks about hockey. Now ESPN is going to want to talk about hockey because they are they are paying a premium 
to have the NHL on their network. And like you said, Steve Levy and Butch Gross, they, they do a great job. You know, I'm sure there's guys that they're thinking of. I know Gary Thorne said he would love to come back and do a little NHL on ESPN. Oh, dude, my heart was The sick. best. Gary Thorne is one, in my opinion, one of the, the best announcers in history. Just the way, you know, the guy just knows how to make a big event, like a big moment in a game, feel bigger. You know, I love Gary Thorne. If he could come back to, you know, X amount of games for a little while, um, he has my favorite call off the floor, on the board, the Paul Correa goal in the Stanley Cup final. It's like my favorite call ever. Um, you know, it's just, it's a great time for the NHL, especially with all the money that they lost. You know, get, you know, arenas are starting to be able to, you know, add to capacity. I know New York is getting approved for 33% capacity right before the playoffs start. So, you know, barring the Islanders and the Rangers getting in, you know, they'll have more of a gate. You know, I'm not sure about other, you know, states just because I'm in New York. So that's why I know that. But, you know, that's a way, another way that, you know, these teams are going to be bringing in a little more money now. And, again, it's not going to be, you know, one and done with the flat cap. It's probably, like you said, going to be about one or, you know, two, maybe three years. But this is a great way to speed that up. And it's going to be really nice hearing them actually care about the Stanley Cup final on Sports yeah. Center. You know, when they'd be like, oh, by the way, you know, the Caps won the Stanley Cup. All right, let's talk about next year's NFL draft, even though it's June. You know, you know, you know how everybody knows how ESPN is. So, um, you know, and I think the big thing is going to be the personalities because guys on NBC, like, you know, Patrick Sharp, I think, is good. Anson Carter's good. Ryan Callahan's been good, but they're just good. They're good analysts, but they don't like really bring any like humor. They're just breaking down the game, and that's fine. Yeah, well, they're just they're all stocks of the same. They're all cuts of the same cloth, or whatever the hell that phrase is, right? Like they just. I don't know. Like you could replace any of those guys, and it's just like they're gonna say the same thing regardless of whoever's saying it. I would love for it if, like, you know, uh, like if they can get some of these like flashier guys, like you know, like Ty Domi, you know, like some of these like Darcy Tucker guy, Matt Barnaby, like these guys who had a lot of personality when they played in the league to come back in. Um, I don't want them to go as far back old school as like when they had had Mike Milbury on. Um, that just like didn't work out for anybody but yeah i mean they're not going to find anybody that i think is charismatic as like the nba guys from tnt at least i don't think so and those guys those guys have also been they've been doing it for years now so they have a chemistry too um i think a great name you know if they can get him out of his hockey canada contract guy like kevin bxa guys like christopher steeg you know if they can get them you know big enough dollar to get them to come stateside um, I, I don't know if you heard the Chicklets interview a couple weeks ago, but Shane Corson was on. If they can get Shane Corson on there, I think they'd be fine. That guy was hilarious, and I think he'd be great at, you know, on ESPN, TNT, you know, whoever. So it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to seeing who they get. I'm looking forward to see how they broadcast these games. And, you know, it's, just, it's great for the league. I keep saying it, and I'm going to continue to say it. It's great for the league and the exposure and growing the game. Because who? Yeah, I mean, how, how great would it be, like, in a few years, like, once PKC Van retires, for him to just get, like, that lead spot in the booth or something? Yeah, he's you know made, I mean? he is made for that. Made for <laughs> Like, I'm trying to think of the guys who gave great interviews. Like, Chris Pronger, who always gave, gave a great interview. He would be perfect for that. Or maybe, say, you know, it's looking like Tortorella's not coming back to Columbus. What if ESPN just throws the bag at John Tortorella? And he's your, your analyst. That would be perfect. 
Tortorella was made for that. <laughs> um, so it's going to be interesting. I mean, I'm sure we're going to, you know, throw out some names as, you know, as the days go along. But, uh, you know, really excited for the NHL to finally get the exposure that they deserve. All right, so moving on. I'm going to let you take this one. Because somebody who you care about a lot uh, and you grew up watching called it a career uh, today. Nikki, go right ahead. All right. I mean, you. we all saw it today. I mean, I knew this was coming, right? I, I had a feeling this was coming regardless, but today I made it official, and then I saw all the, all the old highlights. And I, got, I started to get a little misty. I'm not going to lie. I got a little misty during work today. Uh, Ryan Miller, about to call it a career after the season. Um, 39-year-old goaltender, so you knew it had to be at the end. But dude was just, he checked every box except winning a Stanley Cup, right? Won the Hobie Baker in college, and right now he's the last goaltender to ever win the Hobie Baker. Um, he was a Vesna Trophy winner, put together arguably one of the greatest seasons for a goaltender ever in 2010. He was a two-time Olympian, would have been a three-time Olympian if he didn't break his hand in 2006. You know, he was named the MVP of the Olympics, despite not even winning the gold medal, which is something that I don't think has happened since or before. Nope. And the way that he put Team USA on his back, that was one of the best displays of goaltending I've ever seen in my life. He was the absolute backbone of um, of Team USA that year, and he was the backbone for the Sabres for all, I think, 11 or 12 years that he was with the team. And... I think the one thing that does get underappreciated is the fact that he was so good in the community. He had did a lot of good charity work with, with pediatric cancer and here in the city. Um, and I just, I'm, I really do miss that guy ever since he left. You know, he said today that the when he played, he always felt like he owed something to the city of Buffalo because he felt like he gave him, the city gave him everything that he ever wanted. And I think that guy will, will probably never really get the credit that he deserved because I really do think that for a five, four or five year stretch, he was the best goaltender in the league. Um, he covered up a lot of deficiencies that those Sabres teams had. And he was the leader of the team during the two best years between 05, 06 and 06 and 07. So I'm happy for the guy. He gets to go out on his terms. Um, he goes down as the winningest American goaltender to ever play hockey. And I really hope that the Sabres if they don't put his name in the rafters, do some type of thing where they at least honor him in some way um, for at least the, charity, the massive amounts of charity work that he did. Yeah, he's the face of the Buffalo Sabres for the time that he was there. Um, won the 2009-2010 Vesna, a fifth-round pick in the 1999 draft. Safe to say that pick worked out. Yeah, um, you want to know the scouting report on him is that they didn't think he was ever going to be a technically sound goaltender. That's my favorite thing I ever read. Can I ask you a question? sound. Let me ask you a question. People who cover sports, like MLB, you know, baseball, basketball, hockey, basketball, football, whatever, do they like the sport that they're covering? <laughs> Just like do do like the kid was eight, what, eighteen years old or twenty years old because he came out of college, the pride of East Lansing, Michigan, and they're like, well, he might not be technically, he's great, but you know, he might never be technically. It's like, do you like hockey? <laughs> Do you like watching it? God. And, like, we're going to watch the NFL draft later tonight. We're recording this on Thursday. It's like they they hate these kids. It's like <laughs> there's three there's three things for draft analysts. They like them, they don't like them, or they hate them. 
Like, it's never like, I, I love this kid. I think he's going to be great. And he's fine. But it's like, it's just, come on. They're kids. They're, that's the hashtag, they're just kids moment. Um, okay. So and Here's your further reminder that no matter what you hear on draft night, nobody knows how good or bad an 18 or 20-year-old 20, 20 kid is going to be in five years. In every draft, it's a crapshoot. Unless it's a sure thing like LeBron James, it's a crapshoot. <laughs> Mike Trout went like 29th. Like nobody knows anything. Um, okay, so the 2009 mini rant, 2009-2010 season for Ryan Miller, Vezina Trophy winner. 29 years old, 69 games played, nice. 41 wins. He went 41-18-8. and eight. Uh, He had a, two, a 9-2-9 save percentage and a 2.22 goals against. Five shutouts. Which wasn't a career high. His career high in shutouts in a season was six. He did it twice. His career, again, fifth round pick, 390, 289, and 87, 44 career shutouts, a 263 goals against, and a 914 save percentage. Salute to Ryan Miller. Yeah, and I think one of my other favorite things about him is that, you know, he wore 39 when he was younger. He wore it in the Olympics and he wore it when he was at Michigan State. And then he signed the contract with the Sabres. And obviously, the guy who wore 39, that's the most synonymous saver of all, is Dominic Ashik. And Miller said, like, and at the time, his number wasn't retired. And Miller was like, I, absolutely not. I refuse to wear that number. Um, he goes, even if it's not retired, it should be. And it will be. So I'm going to create my own legacy doing my own thing. I'm more than happy to just change a number. Yeah, he and to per- me, like, that's just a guy who just gets it. He personally took that number out of circulation, as it should have been. And it was obviously, it's currently hanging in the rafters of the Key Bank Arena. So, you know, obviously everybody knew that that was coming. It just hadn't happened yet. So, you know, Dominic Hasek, obviously, his idol, obviously, I mean, he played in Detroit, so he probably saw him when he played in Detroit. I could be wrong. I might have my time wrong, but whatever. Um, But yeah, uh, just the kind of guy that Ryan Miller was. Uh, It wasn't the only retirement of the week. Uh, Andrew Shaw had to retire at 29 uh, due to concussion problems. Probably a really tough decision for Andrew Shaw to have to make, to have to hang him up at 29, but... He, you know, he listened to, I guess he listened to his, his body, his family, the doctors, and calling it a career of 29. Um, Andrew Shaw is as gritty as they come. Um, just a tough SOB to play against with, you know, Chicago and Montreal. He was, you know, he's another fifth round pick. He went 139th overall in 2011. Um, 247 career points in 544 games, but his value was not, you know, points. That guy was just like a pain in the ass to play against. And it's a shame that, you know, his career had to end the way it did, but it goes out with two Stanley Cups. And, you know, that's a career that anybody can be proud of. Yeah. And just that classic, like, had to absolutely earn everything that he ever got, right? Like, wasn't a great skater, wasn't a great shooter, wasn't overly big, wasn't a great centerman. Well, he just continued to build himself and just refused to be taken out of the lineup. Like, he always just fo- – like, Joel Cornwell always talks about, like, you know, in his early days, the guy just continued to always force his hand, right? Like, he just – he there was just no reason for him to take him out of the lineup because of the stuff that he brought to the table. Just, like, that intangible factor and just like that, you know, that demonstration of that's how you play, right? Like, you play hard, you play in the corners, you play ugly, you play mean, right? And just – I think that dude – probably had a lot of fan favorite wherever he went because I think every fan admires a guy who plays that style. 
I agree. Yeah, and he and he did put up some nice point totals. His last full season, 2018-19, he put up 47 points in 63 games. Um, for the, the Cup teams in Chicago, uh, 2012-13, he was 21 years old. He had nine points in 23 games, uh, 35 penalty minutes, which is hilarious. Um, and then in 23 games in 2014-15, 12 points, five goals, seven assists. So he showed up when it mattered. And, you know, any kind of offense from that guy, especially with the team that Chicago had, it was kind of a bonus. And he called, he scored one of the coolest goals that I'm pretty sure didn't count when he took a header of the puck and he headed it past uh, Freddie Anderson in Anaheim. Um, in hindsight, having him having to retire from concussions, it probably wasn't the best idea. I mean, yeah, but <laughs> still an amazing highlight. If you haven't seen it, just type in Andrew Shaw header and it'll come up because it's it's unbelievable that he was able to do that. Um, so congratulations to the two retirements, Ryan Miller and Andrew Shaw, two Two players, complete, two completely different roles, but two great players in their own right. Um, speaking of great players, I'm going to give you, I'm going to time it. Three minutes. Talk about Connor McDavid. Three minutes to talk about Connor McDavid? Do you want to do two minutes? Maybe three minutes is a lot. I, yeah, I mean, well, let me just let me just get all my spiel out. I mean, Connor McDavid, dude, I... What can you say about this guy, like that he can't do on the ice? Like, I've seen so many dudes who like could play at a high end speed, a high level speed, and then I've seen a ton of dudes who had like unreal hands, right? Like Pavel Datsu comes to mind. Um, you know, like you think about like Pavel Bure highlights, uh, just like Pat- watching Patrick Kane my entire life. But I've never seen somebody who can do both, and it's just unreal. Like the fact that his like his brain, I seriously wonder if it moves a million miles a minute because it just has to be able to compute with what his body is doing. And I just I've never seen a kid complete plays, high level plays at such a high level of speed. And I just I I like every time I like I see this guy and I'm just like, how do you stop this? Like I have no idea. And I still think the rest of the league is looking right now, right? It's just it's impeccable for what this guy is doing. And you know. When people talk about, like, you know, a heart trophy, right? Like, depending on how you vote, sometimes look at it, people might say, well, I think it should go to the best guy, the best guy on a team that maybe either, like, just made the playoffs, right? Like the year Taylor Hall won the won the heart trophy. Right. I mean, realistically, if you're talking about just the best, um, like, best player in the league, like, it's Connor McDavid every single time. And... I'm somebody – I love Nathan McKinnon. I try to push for Nathan McKinnon because I do think on the East Coast, he's, especially, he doesn't get a lot of love that he deserves. But every time I'm just like, you know, it's, it's just impossible to put him above McDavid. He, he's the one A to McDavid. But, like, for even as much of a power player that he is and, and like, a straight-ahead speed, and there's just another freaking gear that McDavid has, man. And I just, like – I don't want him to spend his entire career in Edmonton because I want to be able to actually watch more of his full games instead of having to watch like the highlights on Twitter. Right. But I just, I want that guy to stick around for as long as possible. And I just want him to have the greatest career as possible because if anybody's going to come anywhere near close to Gretzky's points record, it's going to be him. Stopping you at 210. Oh, oh, I did better than I thought. Very nice. Um, Yeah. I mean, you said it. I think, 
you know, in my thing with the Hart Trophy, which for those who are listening and don't know what the Hart Trophy is, it's basically the league MVP. Everybody, you know, there's always like those peers who say, well, it's the most valuable to your team. But there's some years where it's just this guy is so far and away the best guy in the league that you have to give them the Hart Trophy or the MVP, whoever it is. Like I think of like the Mahomes season when he won his MVP. I think of, you know, pick one of Mike Trout's MVPs. I mean, God, I mean, the guy's unbelievable. <laughs> like, you know, there's guys like that, you know, any of LeBron's MVPs when he was averaging like 29, 8, and 8 with a block and a steal and a half. Like just ridiculous type seasons. We're, we're watching that. Well, we're seeing the highlights of it because, you know, unfortunately we can't get Hockey Canada. But um, we're seeing one of those great seasons. This guy might score – a hundred points in fifty-six games. He's already and he's already at fifty-six assists. He's already averaging an assist per game. Like that is Gretzky level stuff. <laughs> it's unbelievable how good this guy is. And Edmonton is comfortably they're three points ahead of Winnipeg in for second place. So it's more than likely we might see Winnipeg and Edmonton in the first round. He has nine games. To get 16 points. There, there's no reason he can't do that. There's absolutely no reason why he can't do that. And how about Leon Dreisaitl? Has 67 points in 47 games and like nobody cares. Nobody cares. Like it's unbelievable. And he like it's just you know he's making these guys better. Like do you think Tyson Barry would have 41 points on any other team? No. Nope. I think Ryan Nugent Hopkins, well, I don't know if he plays on the same line, but he's got 32 points. Darnell Nurse has 30. Like, that's just because they're they're giving him the puck in the defensive zone, and he just goes, and he does whatever yeah. he does. You know, he's – and it's it's a different highlight of night. And I, I would have been – would have been remiss if we didn't bring up McDavid this week just because of how unbelievable he's been all year and the consistency of being this, like, upper echelon of elite type of player. Yeah, and it's just, he does it in every way possible, right? Like, Ovi's that guy who just parks himself on the off wing, just says, put the puck in this area, and I'm just going to whack it home. Like, right? Like, or Sid is always the guy who's had to do it, like, he's always done it off the rush. But even with McDavid now, like, he's learned still, like, okay, guys are collapsing back. Even if I go straight ahead speed, I'm not going to get to this wall. All right, so let me just improve my shot a little bit. And now I'm going to start scoring from distance. So now the guys can't just give me this amount of space to keep me away from the net. Well, okay. And now, okay, you're gonna, now you're going to play up with me? Okay, well, now I'm just I'm three times as fast as you. So now I'm just going to blow by you, get to the front of the net. Oh, okay, you're going to double-team me? Well, why don't I just dish it over to this guy over here who's wide open back door by himself and he scores? Yeah, because there's, like, there's three guys on me. So somebody's open and I'm just going to pass it between your legs and another guy's legs on a, on a you know, right to the tape of my winger and that's going to be yeah. that it's a, it's unbelievable how and and it's like every time he does something you're just like he did it again like and you're imp- and you're still impressed because you're like how can one guy just have every move in his arsenal every single one there like there's nothing he's bad at and yeah and this is i i like to say that mike trout is the biggest waste of talent in sports it's not close. It's Connor McDavid. McDavid should have at least two cups by now, just based on yeah, his greatness I, alone. If, I mean, if they have another first round exit this year, it's going to get ugly. 
Yep, and I mean, a lot of the talk is going to be, why can't McDavid win it? Why can't McDavid win it? And I think he's, it's only a matter of time before he gets to the point of being like, what more would you like me to do? Yeah, like, he, what more would you like me to do? <laughs> there's nothing else for him. Leo Komarov, Barry one. Welcome back to the lineup. Sorry. Um, just absolutely roofed one on the Igor Shesterkin. Sorry. Um, first line, Leo. Uh, but yeah, I mean, well, maybe McDavid needs Leo on his line, and then all of a sudden he'd win a Stanley Cup. Maybe that's it. Um, but back to what we were saying. I mean, to, to kind of put a bow on this, we say all this to say, um, and we'll do our award previews probably in the next couple weeks, I think it's safe to say that Connor McDavid has dusted off um, an area on his shelf that was a little dusty because that's where the next Hart Trophy is going. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree with you. It's just, and I think I think one of the things too with the Hart is like it just gets narrative driven all the time. Like guys who are having just nice seasons that maybe weren't expected get more votes, but like eventually people were probably going to get bored of voting for McDavid. But for me, if he has a standard McDavid, he should win the Hart Trophy every year. Yeah, and that's how it is in all sports. Like, Giannis Antetokounmpo has won the MVP the past two seasons. Giannis could have averaged like 40, 19, and 11, and writers would be like, well, we don't want to vote for him again. We don't want to give him three in a row. Like, like let me vote for somebody else. Like, so it's it's he's definitely going to get it. But again, like you said, guys are going to get bored of voting for him. But when somebody is this great, I always say appreciate the greatness in front of you. And he is exactly the guy I'm talking about when I say that. Just appreciate the greatness that you're seeing because this is like otherworldly type stuff that's going on in front of us. Yeah. And, and I like I think even I think even Gretzky said this either today or yesterday. He's like, I wouldn't be surprised if he got hundred points this year. Like and I mean he's not overly far off, but it's like how ridiculous is that for a fifty six point season or fifty six game season to average almost two almost two points a game. Yeah, it's he's at he's sixteen points away with nine games to go. That's like that's like no problem. I feel like like for him, the way he's been playing, he could just rattle off like a five point game, and then like all of a sudden it's like oh he's like eleven points away with eight to go. And and if they're playing like teams that aren't great defensively, like if they play, I know Ottawa's tough, but if they play, if they see Ottawa or if they see like. Calgary, who's kind of throwing in the towel a little bit, like this could happen qu- like quickly. So it's you know it's it's been a joy to watch, and you know it's going to probably continue to be a joy to watch. And I hope Edmonton makes it to that final four because the more McDavid, the better. Yeah, I, I think so too. What a great, what a great like launch period for ESPN next year when this guy's just like coming off a huge season, prime time, like. Opening night next year should be like if they actually go back to the old alignment and if East actually plays West, it should be McDavid versus Crosby or at least McDavid versus McKinnon. Yeah, well, I don't know if you saw. It was really bad. Uh, TNT put up a graphic. Oh, the Andrew Ference one? That was yeah. bad. Um, but, that, but that's just – that's par for the course for what everything is, you know, in terms of the, you know, the exposure of the NHL. They didn't know the right guy to pick. And they said Connor McDavid and Alexander Ovechkin, but it was Andrew Ference. So, but to put a bow on this whole thing, the exposure that Connor McDavid is going to get, I don't think he realizes the kind of celebrity he's going to end up being when people see these highlights that he does. Yeah. 
I think so too. So I hope he's ready. Um, so this week's Ovechkin watch is a little disappointing because he's been out for a little while. So, and before he got hurt, you know, he, they were playing the Islanders. They swept the Islanders. It was not a good weekend for me. Um, he didn't score. So there's really not much of an Ovechkin watch this week. But if he's back for next week, I will definitely have a good Ovechkin watch for the people. But Nick, what do you have for me? Oh, I'm back on my Geek Style Elite, Eric. Don't you worry. Oh, it's been so long. I didn't even open up Chrome. So why don't you go ahead and go over your Geek Stat, and I'll have it for the the ending. <laughs> All right. So this week's Geek Stat of the Week. Sorry, my computer is just being slow right now. So it's my um, we're looking at something called adjusted, even strength expected. Plus minus. Adjusted, expected, plus minus. Adjusted, expected, plus minus. Yep. Okay. So this takes players plus minus from this last year. So we're excluding rookies in this one, right? Sure. Or guys, or what's the cutoff here? Guys who played under 60 games in their career. That's what the cutoff is. Okay. And we're looking at where they're supposed to be this year as far as a plus minus goes. And then if they're above or below that mark based on this year's plus minus stat. Okay. Did I lose you? A little bit, but, but go on. You're doing good. (laughs) Let me try to explain this one more time. So it's kind of like a fantasy projection. They projected everybody's plus minus this year based on their last year or their careers plus minus. Sure. Right. So now it's taking where that benchmark was and then where they actually are. And if there's and in this shows if they're above that mark or below that mark by how many? Okay. okay. All right, I got it. All right. So the league leader in expected adjusted expected plus minus Noel Achari at plus six. Noel Achari. <laughs> okay. Not who okay. I would have expected, but sure, Noel Achari. Shout out to him. <laughs> um. God, I don't know what that was. And then um, you'll also love that both Sebastian Ajos are in the top ten. Yeah! <laughs> Carolina Sebastian Ajo is a plus six. And then the Islanders Sebastian Ajo is a plus five. Shout out Ajo. He has one goal, and it was a snipe this year. So shout out. Um, <laughs> and then just another guy, another group of guys who are basically played, um, who are basically pretty new in the league. So, like... Josh and other than like Josh Anderson's in this at plus four, um, you know you have Lias Anderson, Rasmus Anderson, Andy Andreoff, um, a bunch of Joel Armia, Victor Arvidsson, Rasmus Asplund's actually in this. Wow, good for okay. him. Um, but yeah, so it's just like I don't really know what the point of this is showing because I always thought analytic people hated plus minus, but I think it's kind of interesting that they're. They took something that they hate and they made something that they love out of it. They're like, let's make it a little more complicated so we can like it. Because <laughs> apparently if you just take last year's mark, then plus minus is an okay stat. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm not even going to attempt to have an opinion on it because I'm, I'm still not sure that I really know what it is. <laughs> um, but that was this week's Geek Stat of the Week. We're back. It's been a couple weeks, and uh, 
We got ourselves a geek stat of the week. Okay, so Nikki, that is everything I had for this week. Uh, we kind of want to put a bow on this. We can go watch some NFL draft quickly. Um, who do you think is going to go number one? Uh, well, Jacksonville needs a kicker, right? I would assume a kicker. I think a punter. Their kicker's all right. Josh Lambeau. He's okay. Well, they just signed Tim Tebow, I think, or they're going to sign Tim Tebow to play quarterback, so they should be set for life there. I mean, no comment. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to go into that. Dude, Skip Bayless is going to be talking about this. You know it's about There was a tweet. I'm going to pull it up. It was from a guy from Barstool, Coley Mick, who's one of my favorite Barstool guys. Um, He tweeted, and I quote, Trevor's going to throw an INT week one, and Skip is going to loudly question if they're starting the wrong guy. (laughs) So I think that about covers it. Um, And... Yeah, I mean it's gonna be, it's gonna be Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, it's gonna be Zach Wilson to the Jets. I can't wait to see how the 49ers screw up trading for three. I take Justin Fields. That's just me. And apparently, it is only just me. Hey, remember, remember my comment earlier when I said that nobody, none of these people know who's gonna actually who can who can project the the eight, the future of an eighteen or twenty year old. Yeah. Now I'm talking about you. Yeah. Tune into the NFL draft. Um, all right, everybody. Again, just keep following along. We're going to hopefully not have another two-week hiatus like we had the past couple weeks. Um, I'm going to get this up as soon as possible. Um, and we can go ahead and we can, we're can. we inching closer. We're inching closer to playoff hockey. We'll get our award previews going. We'll get our playoff previews going. We'll get the expansion draft preview going. A lot of previews. A lot of fun. I'm Eric, he's Nick, we're your top pair, and hopefully we'll see you next week.